Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Havas Torah initiative. Today we are exploring the very exciting and iconic 17th parak of Sefer Melachim, where we get a break from the depressing political turmoil, the downward spiral of the nation, and we're introduced to Eliyahu Hanavi. Interestingly, there's no formal introduction to Eliyahu in the way that we're introduced to Moshe Rabbeinu or Shmuel Hanavi, learning about their birth, their upbringing, formative experiences. The parak just opens, Vayomer Eliyahu HaTishbi mitoshvei Gilad El Achav. Eliyahu, the Tishbite, who was from the settlers of Gilad, said to Achav. What does he say? Chai Hashem Elokei Yisrael Asher Amadi Lefanav, as the Lord, the God of Israel, liveth before whom I stand. So we have the language of a, of a vow. There shall be no dew or rain these years, but according to my word, until I say so, there will be a drought. Hashem is going to bring a drought. He doesn't mention the why Hashem is bringing a drought, but we can all understand that he uh, meant to say, as a result of your worshiping Baal, as a result of your leading the nation astray, there is going to be a drought, a drought uh, until I say otherwise. Now, there's a really important, very fundamental question, which the Mepharshim debate, regarding this vow that Eliyahu takes to initiate the drought. And depending on how we answer this question, the whole parak takes a very different form. I, I will point you to the direction of Rabbi Alex Israel's excellent Sefer, on, uh, on, on Sefer Malachim, which I've noted uh, pre- previously on a, new, on a number of occasions. He has a great chapter, uh, which uh, I'm drawing on heavily here. Well, the question is, did Hashem send Eliyahu to Achav to make this vow and to initiate the drought? Or was this done at Eliyahu's own initiative and Hashem simply honored his vow? Keep that question in mind as we discuss the the Ark of the Perek, and then we're going to revisit it and, and do some more thinking about this question. After Eliyahu confronts Achav, we're told, so this is how the, the Perek plays out. Uh, Hashem tells Eliyahu to run away. His life is in grave danger, and so he instructs him to, to run eastward and take refuge by a certain brook where Hashem, is, uh, uh, Hashem tells him, you'll drink from the brook, and ravens are going to miraculously deliver food to you each day. Eliyahu follows that instruction, but after some time, the brook dries up, and uh, due to the drought, uh, it, there's no more, no more for him to drink, and he has to run elsewhere. Hashem tells him to go to Tsarfat uh, in Sidon in Phoenicia, north of, uh, north of Israel, where there is a woman who Hashem has commanded to help Eliyahu. He goes there, he finds this widowed woman collecting firewood, he asks her for water, she gives him uh, some water, and then he asks for food, he asks for bread, and she tells him that all she has is this tiny amount of flour left, enough just for her and her son to then uh, eat and then die, which, whether that means literally they're in such crisis that they're on the cusp of dying, or if it's just a way to kind of, uh, you know, art- embellish but articulate this sense of crisis that they're in, however we, we read it, the point is, she's in dire straits, she doesn't have enough to give to Eliyahu, but Eliyahu tells her, don't worry, give me to eat, then you'll eat and your son, and there will be enough flour and oil for all of us. And of course, the woman follows him, places her faith in Eliyahu, and miraculously, the food and the oil continue to last and last and last, all the way until the end of the drought. So that's kind of chapter two within this parak, you know, unit number two in this parak. And then finally, after some time, this woman's son takes ill. And the woman turns to Eliyahu to, inter- to intervene. She really blames him. She says that, you know, essentially your presence here has caused Hashem to visit a strict judgment on, on me and my son. 
uh, Eliyahu does intervene and he is able to revive the child. Uh, he, he presses his body over him three times and he's Davin Sashem and Hashem answers his tefilos and the child is revived, at which point the parak ends with the woman saying, now I know that you truly are a man of God speaking the word of God. As I noted, this is an extremely well-known parak, but the message of this parak is not quite so clear. It's not always so well understood. And there really are two very compelling readings of this parak, and they hinge on the question I posed early, earlier. Did Eliyahu come up with this idea of the drought by himself, or is it Hashem who sent him to deliver this message from the outset? Because if we say that Eliyahu was sent uh, to deliver this message to Ahav, the drought was Hashem's idea, so to speak, we read the parak as follows. Hashem sends Eliyahu away to hide, but not just to hide. He sends him to this brook and through a series of, of steps that are meant to challenge him and that are meant to be formative experiences to ready him for the epic task that lies ahead of him, taking on the wicked King Ahav and Izebel. The first stage of his training is to live by a brook where he will be miraculously fed. And this is almost like the experience of B'nai Yisrael in the Midbar, subsisting on the mun. Uh, it, it's a way, why, why does Hashem force B'nai Yisrael to, to live in this type of environment? It's a way to solidify one's total sense of faith and one's total sense of fealty to Hashem, understanding that you are entirely dependent upon Hashem. So that was the first stage of Eliyahu's training. Next, he goes to the widow and he begins to perform his own miracles to be part of his own kind of miraculous deliverance, making the bread and the oil proliferate. Obviously, it's through Hashem. It's not some special power that he possesses, but it's like the next stage in his development. And then finally, he reaches the final stage uh, of his prophetic training by resuscitating the woman's son, this kind of ultimate miracle of, of bringing the dead to life or maybe on the cusp of death back to full life. And then, after all of these, you know, three formative experiences, then Eliyahu is ready in the next parak. He's prepared and he's emboldened by these experiences to really throw down the gauntlet and challenge Nevi'e Habal, challenging Ahav and Izevel. So that's one way of reading the parak. I think one very strong piece of evidence to that effect uh, is, is the idea that uh, our parak ends with the woman saying, this, this, the widow, she says, Ata ze yodati ki ish elokim ata. Now I know that you are a man of God. And it's language that is so obviously an allusion to the words of, the, uh, of Hashem to Avraham at the Akedah when he says, Ata yodati ki yirei elokim ata. Now I know that you are the, a God-fearing man, right? So after the binding of, of Yitzchak, when Avraham has reached the pinnacle of, of faith, uh, of perhaps anyone ever uh, in, in human history, right? This incredible moment of emuna in Hashem. Uh, so, uh, so, so our text is kind of drawing on that and it's telling us that Eliyahu demonstrates that same uh, faith in this moment, the same heights of, uh, of, uh, of, of fealty to Hashem. And that's, that's the pinnacle. That's the climax. Now he's ready to, to go and to address Achav. That's one reading, and I think that that climax is a, is a beautiful um, kind of uh, point in that direction. That's one reading. Alternatively, we could go in a very different direction, and we could say that Eliyahu, in his great zealotry, he is a great zealot, he knows that the nation deserves punishment, and he stands up for the honor of Hashem and proclaims on his own the drought. Hashem, though, 
uh, though he is honoring his zealotry by enforcing the drought, is in this parak trying to teach Eliyahu a lesson about the toll, the human toll, that this drought takes on the nation. First, he tries more gently by having him subsist by this brook, uh, and then the brook to run out of water. So that's teaching him the, the impact of the drought. That doesn't ultimately lead Eliyahu to, to break and to say, okay, let's, let's, uh, let me declare this drought over. And so he, Hashem intensifies the experience by having him encounter this poor widowed woman who is down to her last dollar, her last bit of flour, very much in crisis. And perhaps that experience would lead Eliyahu to say, okay, the drought is taking too much of a toll on people, and to say the drought should be over. doesn't work. And then finally, uh, um, uh, with the, the, the moment in which this child uh, dies or nearly dies, that's the kind of the final step in which Hashem tries to impress upon Eliyahu the toll of, uh, of his zealotry, and perhaps after all that doesn't work, then Hashem simply has to go to him in the beginning of next parak and tell him, okay, the time has come that I'm just going to command you to end this drought. What I love about this reading uh, is that it doesn't just cause the reader to think about the cost of being religiously exacting uh, and to think about uh, the, the limits of, of zealotry. Uh, it does more than that. It answers a theological question, and that is how could the northern kingdom be thriving under the terrible king Ahav. That's what's bothering Eliyahu, after all, and it should bother us. And the implicit answer from this parak is that Hashem doesn't want to enforce the strict, albeit proper justice, because Hashem has rachmanus, Hashem has mercy on the nation, and Hashem understands the human toll of the suffering. And, and that is uh, uh, beyond what Hashem desires to inflict. And so we, the reader, together with Eliyahu, learn that message, the true cost of strict punishment, which sometimes leads to a situation where Hashem, uh, it seems that Hashem uh, is unfairly allowing uh, those who are sinful uh, to uh, live in peace. But what we recognize is that perhaps uh, it's not based on strict justice, but Hashem nonetheless has rachmanos because he understands that many people are going to suffer uh, when Hashem is exacting in that way. Uh, the reading of this parak, of course, places it right next to Sefer Yonah in a fascinating way, in its arc and in its message. Hashem's message to Yonah is is uh, very similar to this message uh, of uh, to the message uh, to Eliyahu. Both of them are these religious zealots who uh, who have less rachmanos than Hashem. I think both of these readings, both the the reading where it, it was. Uh, from Hashem, the drought was from Hashem, both the reading that it was from Eliyahu, they're both extremely compelling and open up a world of insight and are very exciting ways to read uh, a parak that is jam-packed with interesting, um, in- interesting angles and thoughts and, and ideas. I encourage you, look at the text. This parak is not very dense and it's not very long. Read through the parak as best you can and try to Formulate for yourself what you think the most compelling reading is. I know that's going to be a profitable experience. I, uh, I encourage you to do so. And of course, as always, send me comments, thoughts uh, on the uh, on the parak and the uh, the way in which you find it uh, most uh, compelling to read. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz and happy learning.